Welcome to the Illinois Soy Podcast. Enjoy. Today I'm speaking with Jason Carr, a 2021 CCA Soy Envoy for the Illinois Soybean Association and a Technology Development Representative with Bayer Crop Science. In this role, Jason leads agronomic research projects with corn and soybeans focused on creating tailored solutions for growers. Jason has a bachelor's degree in natural resources and environmental sciences and a master's degree in molecular genetics from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Welcome to the show, Jason, and thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Brandon. Great to talk to you. For those listening, this is Jason's third year as a CCA soy envoy for ISA. And Jason, I was hoping you could tell us what your favorite part has been about serving in this role. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm probably one of those weird people that kind of enjoys writing. So I really enjoy writing the blogs and, and doing a little bit of extra research on the topics and learning a little bit more. And it's also great, the, the networking part, getting to know other people in the industry, other CCAs. That is fantastic to hear. I'm sure everybody loves to hear that your favorite part's the writing. And I know you've been able to help a lot of people through that. So thank you. And it's so nice to hear how passionate you are about this role and helping Illinois soybean farmers. And we're lucky to have you back this year as a soy envoy. And on the Illsoy Advisor podcast, where we'll be discussing fungicide treatments today. So without further ado, let's get started. Jason, can you explain the value of fungicide treatments? When we talk about fungicides, we're definitely talking about two different aspects. A lot of times we think about foliar fungicides, but you know we also have to think about seed treatments. And if you want to know about the value of fungicidal seed treatments, just think about the conversation that we have today where we talk about how early can we plant our soybeans? What's the benefit from planting early? 10 years ago, we never had that conversation. And that's because we hadn't adopted seed treatments for soybeans like we had in corn. And when we adopted those fungicidal and insecticidal seed treatments, we really were able to protect those seeds, plant them in the ground earlier, and really take advantage of that extra yield potential from planting early. Then as a follow-up, what's the value in foliar fungicide treatments? So foliar fungicide treatments have multiple uh, benefits and uh, not only the disease control, which is what we really think about with fungicides. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of soybean diseases that attack soybeans throughout the summer. They can really drag down yield, and those fungicides, different different components of those fungicides, really attack the diseases in different ways. And also, we think about the plant health benefits. So one way that they benefit plant health is by suppressing ethylene production in the soybean plants. Uh, when we think about ethylene, uh, one way you might be familiar with ethylene is the old saying, one rotten apple spoils the bunch. And when you get a, a dead or decaying plant tissue, it gives off ethylene, which just hastens that process, hastens the matura maturation process. And so in soybeans, if we can reduce the ethylene production, we get a lot of benefits from that just from a plant health standpoint. The plant stays healthier longer, and it is able to take advantage of its yield potential. It also reduces stress, not only the stress from diseases, but also stresses that soybeans face, such as water stress, heat stress. Um, they can just handle it a lot better with a quality fungicide applied. And that doesn't necessarily increase yield, but it allows the soybeans to maintain and to hang on to the yield that they were going to produce anyway. And so, you know, we do see a yield increase from a fungicide application, but we're really just taking, allowing that plant to take full advantage of its potential that it already had. 
Now, it seems like there are more and more options and different types of fungicides available to growers nowadays. Can you explain the difference between fungicide classes and what they contribute to a soybean management program? Sure. So there are basically three classes that we talk about when we talk about most of our fungicides that we apply. And a, and a good fungicide, a good quality, well-rounded fungicide is going to take advantage of all three of these classes and take advantage of the unique benefits of each one. Now, it is possible to take uh, each one and tank mix them if you want to control your mix a little bit or something like that. But it's really a good idea to have all three classes in a fungicide when you apply it. So they're, they're, the three classes are they're the quinone outside inhibitors, the QOLs, which we think about the strobilurins when we, when we talk about this class. And so these are preventative in nature. They stop the fungus from even, the spore of the fungus from even germinating. So they inhibit germination of the spores. And, you know, understanding that helps us to understand also that that means if the infection is already going strong, we're not going to be able to do much about it with this class of fungicide. Um, when we talk about the strobilurins, we're also talking about, I talked about that ethylene production, inhibiting that. That's another benefit of the strobilurins. And they are really the, the component that really uh, allows plants to handle stress better. So with strobilurins, we really see yield increases even when we don't see visible disease. And um, you know, for, for two reasons, handling the stress and then preventing that disease from developing. So then the next class, we have demethylation inhibitors or DMIs. And so this includes the triazole fungicides, which, which we hear talk about a lot. So these basically do a little bit of everything. They can present, prevent disease from developing. They can cure uh, disease. And when we say cure disease, we mean a, a fungal infection that is happening, that's active, they can stop it from going any further. Now, they can't cure a lesion that's already been created on a leaf. If we have a lot of leaf surface damage from a fungus, they can't make that damage go away, but they can stop that infection from going any further. And these, this class of fungicides has the most broad spectrum activity of all the classes. And being broad spectrum, we have a moderate risk then of uh, resistance developing in a fungus. But we can overcome that generally with a higher rate of fung fungicide and, or stopping the use of it for a while and the population will revert back to being susceptible to the fungicide. Uh, most of the yield increases we see from the DMIs, the triazoles is from disease control, not necessarily as much from plant health benefits. And then the final class is SDHIs. And they are like the strobilurins, they're mostly preventative, but they also have some curative aspects. So they have a little bit of that, a little bit of ability to stop an active infection from going any further. Um, the, the one thing about this class is they're very specific. So one example that we all think about that we, you know, we think about it in a seed treatment aspect is Olivo. So it is very effective against SDS, but it's really not, not very effective against very many other fungal pathogens, including other ones in the same family even as SDS. So they're very, very specific and they're put in for a specific purpose, a specific disease that we're really trying to target. And so it's really important, just like in, in weed resistance, we talk about mixing active ingredients, mixing modes, modes of action. We really wanna do that with fungicides also. We wanna take advantage of the 
uh, beneficial aspects of each class of fungicides. And we also want to uh, attack those fungi in different ways in order to uh, hopefully delay any resistance that we would see developing in those pathogens. You made a great point about choosing a fungicide that contains all three classes there so you can get that broad spectrum kind of coverage. How can a grower go about and guarantee that the product they're choosing has all three of those classes present? It's very easy to look on the labels. Um, the, the fungicides have, just like with the herbicides, we have the numbering system um, where you can make sure that you have uh, one from three different classes. Uh, and the other thing is a lot of newer fungicides are coming out with multiple modes of action. So, you know, if we, if we go back several years, um, they were a lot less broad spectrum. And now, you know, to choosing a newer fungicide is also a way that, that we can hopefully ensure that we have some multiple modes of action in there. Then as we all know, it isn't enough to just have the correct product. You need to know when and how to properly apply the fungicides as well. So what is the best timing and application method? Yeah, the, the good news is there is there's actually a pretty wide window in which we can apply, apply fungicides to soybeans and see a really good response. So we are obviously, we usually target the R3 growth stage um, in the reproductive development of the plant. Now, the exception would be uh, in some of the northern parts of the state of Illinois and in other areas where we have a pretty major problem with white mold some years white mold infects through the flowers. So we wanna get that fungicide on right as the plants start to flower. So at the R1 growth stage, but when we're talking about general use of fungicide for other diseases and for plant health, we're really talking about the R3 stage. And we don't see a huge difference if we're you know mid to late R2, beginning to middle R4. So really the R2 to R4 stage is when we really wanna get that fungicide on. If we can get R3, great. Um, but there's a bigger window, you know, if, if weather conditions aren't conducive or whatever, we have a little bit more time in order to get it on. So don't give up because you wanted to get it on early R3 and it rained for a week and a half and all of a sudden the, the crop is R4, you know, it, I would go ahead and continue to apply the fungicide that was already planned at that, at that point. Now, uh, time of day, there's some talk that maybe it makes a difference whether you apply morning or evening. Really what we see is there can be a little bit of difference in efficacy based on the humidity level. So in a higher humidity setting, we're gonna have less evaporation of the product. Therefore it's gonna stay on the leaf longer and therefore it's going to be taken in better by the plant. So we can see a little bit better in higher humidity conditions, a, a really dry day. We're gonna see a little bit less response to the fungicide. Um, and when we talk about application method, we've done some research and really uh, aerial applied compared to ground applied, we really see similar responses there too. So the bottom line is there's quite a bit of flexibility when applying a fungicide where we still see great responses from these products. And then one of the last things I want to discuss with you is current research involving fungicides. So what have performance studies about fungicides demonstrated in recent years to us? Yeah, we, we do quite a bit of work with that. Um, in my role, we do a lot of research trials. And so I, I really enjoy looking at the research and, and generating this data. Um, you know, last, Using last year as an example and just using a bare product, Delaro Complete, as an example, um, sprayed in about 85 locations 
a, a lot of those in Illinois, but also a, a quarter of them outside of the state. Um, we saw the fungicide give a yield increase in 93% of the instances in which it was sprayed compared to the untreated. And 82% of the time, it was uh, two bushels or greater, which, you know, it, it depends on the commodity prices, it depends on the application cost, but two bushels is a good threshold where we're going to see a positive return on investment from the spray. So, so last year, we really saw a huge uh, increase. We saw 82% of the time an economic return basically from the spring. Um, last year was exceptionally high response to fungicide. Um, I, I will say that part of that was a, a factor of the fact that we had super high bean leaf beetle pressure in the latter part of the growing season last summer, which was unusual. And uh, you know, you might say fungicide doesn't control bean leaf beetle and that's true, but uh, a, a huge proportion of the time when we talk about fungicide application, growers are generally putting a, a insecticide in the tank also with that fungicide because of the fairly low cost of the insecticide. And just for a reason, a year like last year, where we have something unexpected come up and we really saw a benefit uh, from that insecticide also. So, um, you know, while you're spraying the fungicide, it's always a good idea to go ahead and throw some insecticide in the tank with it. Um, but even if we go back to 2019, which obviously was a very different year from 2020, everybody remembers all the prevent plant, um, a huge proportion of the crop was planted in June. Uh, we sprayed f fungicide on those crops that were planted very late in the year. And we saw a big uh, response to the fungicide, even in those conditions where we really didn't even have disease development that was noticeable or measurable but we still saw a good response to fungicide. So it seems like um, over the past few years and going back several years, uh, we really are seeing very consistent responses to fungicide. And I really attribute to that to some of these new and better products that are now on the market than maybe we had uh, six to 10 years ago. So if a grower um, you know, maybe tried fungicide six or eight years ago and, and decided it maybe wasn't for him and soybeans, I'd really encourage them to, to look at some of the newer research, some of the, re, the responses from the last few years and some of the new products and maybe reevaluate that decision, especially in the high commodity price environment that we have currently. Well, that's all the time we have today, Jason. On behalf of our listeners, I wanna thank you for joining us today to share your insights on fungicide treatments and the value they can bring to a soybean management program. Thank you, Brandon. Again, that was Jason Carr, a 2021 CCA Soy Envoy speaking about fungicide treatments for high yielding soybean programs. If you're interested in learning more about this topic and other soybean management resources, visit www.illsoyadvisor.com. That's ilsoyadvisor.com to learn more. This has been an Ill Soy Advisor podcast. Thanks for tuning in.